Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel. Along with Chuck Davison and Ron Presley, I'm Lyle Stokes and welcome to the show. How's it going tonight, Chuck? Oh, it's going great. I had a nice relaxing weekend, got a lot of stuff done. And I'm ready to get back, get my fishing stuff ready, so I'm going to enjoy this winter bite that's coming up. Well, i got to tell you, what we've been out of the Monsters a month now. Monsters on the Ohio is a month past us, and I am already uh, having convulsions almost from not being able to, to line up a tournament until January. I mean, it's just unbelievable how addicted to this stuff everybody is. and uh, it's, it's kind of amazing that we don't have uh, a tournament, uh, close tournament, uh, this this month. And, and even if we did, we wouldn't be able to go on account of century surgery. But, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to go. I, I want to get the boat back in the water, get all the stuff tuned up, turned up, ready ready to rock. Yeah, that's the point I'm at. I hadn't, I hadn't even got my boat fixed from uh, the little uh, incident that happened on, at the Monsters of the Ohio. I'm no big hurry to get it done. I know exactly what it needs and how long it's going to take me to get it done. So I guess just leaving it down for right now is really helping me out around here because if it was up and going, I wouldn't have got anything done. <laughs> I understand that. Tonight... Chuck, tonight we've got Ron Presley on the show with us. Uh, Ron is an outdoor writer. He's a professional saltwater guide. He's a he's just a really excellent guy to have on the show to share a lot of thoughts and input um, from a different perspective than most of the catfishing guys do. And uh, welcome to the show, Ron. Hi guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you asking me on. Um, Chuck, I'm sure that you have a bunch of stuff to visit with Ron about, so why don't you take off and see what we can come up with here. Yeah, Ron, the first thing I want to uh, ask you was, uh, you know, you you moved down to Florida, I think, from Texas, and, uh, you know, you started a guide service, um, you know, from the love of fishing and taking people out and teaching them, uh, you know, the stuff that you've learned over the years and being able to make uh, a living at it also I, I'd like you to go over some things that uh, some of these guys that really want to become a guide later on that uh, some things that can make you a really big difference on them making it in the industry or not yeah that sounds great I did I uh, I've always loved fishing uh, like so many other people I got started because my dad was a fisherman and we fished for everything grew up in Kansas uh, did a, a career in the in college teaching and administration, and at one point my daughter moved to Florida, and I've come down visiting one time and just fell in love with all that water down there and uh, moved down, uh, continued teaching a little, but uh, when a school closed that I was teaching at, I made the decision to go ahead and become a guide and went and got the uh, captain's license and so on, all the requirements that's needed, and uh, had I, I did that about ten years. I went through two licenses. You, you. I guess you, you want to hear some more about that. And it really, it was my uh, guiding that got me into riding. So the the two really work together. But uh, one of the things you discover uh, as a guide, if, if you're going to make any money at it at all, and it's tough, I'll tell you for sure. In fact, I remember some advice I got, uh, 
getting started. Some of you might might, might know uh, the owner of DOA Lures. He lives down here in Florida. His name's Mark Nichols. And uh, Mark said, well, the first thing you don't want to do is go out and buy a new truck, a new car, and or a new boat, and then try to make a living fishing. You know, you you got to start off easy. Uh, it doesn't hurt to use a used boat for a while and so on, but uh, keep in mind it's a business, and you got to make ends meet. So you got to do the economics of it as well as everything else that goes on. You're really a sole proprietor in most cases, what it amounts to. Okay. Um, what type of, uh, you know, the guides, when they go out, um, what should they be looking for, to, you know, to run their business right and making sure they don't go in the wrong direction? Um, you know, what, what have they got to have a love for versus what do they have to do to uh, make their guide service work? Yeah, well, I think I think you have to enjoy seeing other people catch fish too, and it's not just a lot of guys go out there and they just want to fish and they want to catch fish and get paid for doing it. I think, and those are not usually the successful guides. I think the successful guides are the people that understand that they're going to have somebody on their boat a half a day or a day, and uh, they're going to have to entertain them. They're going to have to make them happy, and whether they catch fish or not, so. There's really more to it than just being able to catch fish. You always got to be working towards those repeat customers because the successful guides you will find will have uh, quite a few repeat customers that come back uh, time after time. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the days that I'm out on the water and I get skunked, you know, I don't even get a, a nibble. <laughs> and I sit there and think to myself, you know, I, I've thought about being a guide before and you know, and I call myself a pretty decent fisherman, and here I'm not even getting a bite. How would how would I, act, uh, you know, and if if I had clients on the boat and I was going through the exact same day, um, you know, it would really be tough on me. That was always interesting. That was the worst day of your life. Uh, I'm happy to say I didn't get skunked very many times, but it does happen, and and when it does, you just got to kind of make the best of it. I mean, some people, uh, although there's no guarantee in most cases that you're going to catch fish, and you, you can't really be sure of it, but if you are good to people, you you know, you can make them happy in other ways. you, you got to tell them a few stories or whatever. But when I got skunk, it was the hardest thing in the world for me to quit. And the reality of it was, it was one of those days. They don't bite every day. And when you get one of those days, they're not biting. There's not much you can do. So you just got to kind of go ahead and get over that one and, and look for the next one to come up. Okay. Well, uh, you know, this year you've really been covering catfishing a whole lot. Um, I met you at the Weiss Lake Tournament, um, you know, out on the water and that way in. Um, you know, and you was right out there going around to all the cat fishermen's boat, you know, telling them to hold up some uh, fish, you know, just getting photos. Uh, what attracted you to come start covering these tournaments and, um, you know, how you like doing it? Yeah, well, that all relates to just getting into to riding at all. And it was my guiding on saltwater that uh, made me start thinking, well, I'm, maybe I'd like to ride about this a little. So, I actually decided I wanted to write a book, and I'll, I'm actually going to hold it up here and uh, do a little self-promoting, although uh, if you can see that. The title of that book is uh, Secrets from Florida's Master Anglers, and it, 
gave me a chance to talk to 20 different guides all across the state of Florida and get their ideas. And what you found was that every fisherman's got a different way of doing about the same thing. So it was very interesting. And uh, I just have to say, I'm very proud of that book because it happened to win first place in the uh, Southeastern Outdoor Press Association's outdoor book category, which was, was pretty good. I mean, I was just blown away because it was the first thing I really had put out there. Uh, and so it gave me confidence, in other words, to go ahead. And I ended up writing another saltwater book uh, it was called Fishing Secrets from Florida's East Coast, again, along that same idea of sharing fishing tips, techniques from other people. As I did that, and, and I was writing uh, magazine stories and so on for saltwater fishing, there was a media event over on Lake Sanford, a crappie uh, event, crappie masters, in fact. And I went over and took part in that, and the first time I'd ever seen spider rigging, so if you, you guys know what that is, it's a crazy thing where they got eight eight rods sticking out the front of the boat and so on. But anyway, that interested me in the freshwater. I had, uh, I knew T.J. Stallings from uh, PTI Blakemore and Daachi Hooks before that, but uh, I'd met him through that again. And then, a little while later, I saw T.J. Facebook post from, I believe it was Tunica, on the Mississippi River, and they had those big catfish, and I was like, man, that looks like something I'd really like to do. Uh, <laughs> TJ says, well, I've got the man for you. And lo and behold, it wasn't a couple months later, I found myself on Wilson Lake with Larry Muse and uh, his uh, Dino, his stepbrother that he fishes with. And, you know, that's a pretty good way to – and that was my introduction to, to catfishing, really. I mean, I did a little bit of uh, growing up in Kansas, but uh, my fishing had all been salt water, so – uh, after that, I, I started writing a little about, uh, bit about catfishing and trying to learn more. I still consider myself an outsider. That's why I'm running around everybody asking questions and taking photos, you know. I'm learning all the way here, so it, it's been fun. I just, I guess I got hooked on them. Uh, there's something about them that's uh, just, you know, it kind of draws you to it. I, and the people that I talk to, it, it, the passion they have for it is just really kind of incredible so uh, I don't know what uh, you know what else to really say about that but that that freshwater uh, link led was first with crappie and then that led into the catfish and I still do both of course I uh, the places that I, I publish I usually publish both things the other uh, thing to think about on, on that question I that it was 2014. I went to the New Madrid when the Big Cat Quest had their classic there. And that was my introduction to the Mississippi River, which, you know, I couldn't believe that I was fishing on the Mississippi River in the first place. But it was windy. It was bad. I mean, you know, I just thought, well, that's it's the Mississippi River. It's, it's big, bad, and mean. And then this year I got to experience Memphis where it was quite a different situation. I mean, it was calm and... Uh, peaceful and I really did enjoy that uh, you know it's just it was it was much different though I liked it a lot <laughs> so uh, how'd you like that Tennessee River when you was on it oh uh, boy I of course I was on Wilson uh, one day and just the uh, maybe you're you're thinking about the fish that I caught there I, I was pretty impressed uh, I fished with Brian Barton he's in muscle shows and uh, based on Wilson Lake and, and managed to catch my 
personal best, uh, 62 pound blue cat. So been impressed uh, with that one in advance. I'd heard about it a lot, but uh, actually ended up the two times that that I fished with uh, really what I consider well-known catfishmen was on that water, and I can see why they like to go there. Right, and you you did a tournament with Larry Muse on uh, the Upper Coosa around Rome, Georgia. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that that that's a story I love to tell because I never thought of myself as a tournament fisherman for sure, but it turned out that way because uh, you know we went to Rome. Uh, I went up there to cover it, of course, and uh, Larry. It was Dino that couldn't come. Frank Metter, his step. Uh, dad I guess was uh, with him but he asked me to fish with him oh, well, golly, I'm not going to turn that down you know <laughs> I'm going to fish with him so we managed to pre-fish one day and then fish in the tournament and as it turned out you know it was tough it was a tough fishing day and we're going along and lo and behold I catch a fish I don't know a six to eight pound fish it wasn't very big you know but Larry was just happy as a lark because he was in a points race at the time for Angler of the Year, and he was happy as he could be because he was going to get to weigh in. And uh, so as it turned out, he caught a bigger fish later at 18-pounder. So I mean, we ended up finishing third place in that tournament. So, uh, you know, I should quit while I'm ahead, I guess would be the best. Fished one tournament, finished in the top five. But uh, actually in Memphis, George Young had asked me to fish a tournament with him in Alabama maybe this year and I'm I'm working real hard to make that happen I hope I can so I'll be a two-time tournament fisherman I know you guys at fishing think that's crazy but <laughs> it was pretty cool to to be a part of a team like that and, and to win or place at least are you are you planning on uh, writing any type of book on catfishing or anything no, like that? It, it crosses my mind but after writing those two uh, saltwater books is kind of like uh, Hmm, man, I don't know if I ever want to do that again. It is hard work. There's two two years of your life goes into one of those books, so it's not something that just you know it, it's tough. I may you know I may do it. I'm collecting a lot more stuff, but I still like I say I consider myself an outsider and a novice, but uh, I'm learning all the time. Right, and uh, that that tournament you fished Larry on, you was uh, you got to see him. Fish his uh, tube drag rig. He uh, was, yes. So I knew about that thing a long time, I think, before a lot of other people did. And it showed it to me, and, and uh, I, I even had photographs of it uh, from back in there. But I, I knew it was sort of a different deal, and I didn't uh, I didn't write about it. I didn't really publish it, although I, I think I may have mentioned it one way or another. Uh, can't remember now. It's been too long. But it, uh, it was pretty amazing how... I don't remember that we ever got hung up, you know, and we covered a lot of territory. That thing works. It was interesting that he shared it on you guys' show, in fact. He let the world know about it. How'd you get him to do that? <laughs> I, I, I put him on, the, not really put him on the spot. We'd already invited him on the show, and I messaged him earlier that day, um, and I said, can you share... Uh, your drag rig on the show tonight. I said, if you can have one, uh, you know, made up, you know, just to show our viewers, uh, you know, what you got going on, that would be awesome. He goes, man, I, I, I'd be glad to. 
Uh, so it, it wasn't no biggie. He was totally he was totally willing. He wants to sport the grow, um, you know. And you know his motto is, you know, I'll, I'll show anybody anything I can, uh, but they got beat me at my own game. So that's pretty much how he thinks about it. Uh, you know, he, he wants it to be fair out there on the water. He wants, um, you know, everybody to, you know, be competing well against each other. Uh, it's no fun when, you know, the same guy goes out there and blows everybody out by 100 pounds week after week. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. And that sounds like Larry. He, uh, he's become a good friend of mine and one of my, one of the people I can always go to when I got questions about catfishing because he is so eager to share. He He's, uh, he just answers the question, whatever it is. So I appreciate that about him. Of course, okay. there's a lot of others out there that's the same way. I'm finding. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you got got around Bill Dance a pretty good bit when you was over in Memphis. You know, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he's great. Yeah, that he's a whole another whole another deal there. I tell you, and you know, I mentioned New Madrid. On my trip to New Madrid, you know, they have a media day there, too, similar to what I was talking about in that crappie thing where I got to go with some professional fishermen. And in that case, I fished with uh, George Young and Bill Dance in New Madrid. And in fact, there's a pretty good story in <laughs> magazine about uh, my interview I had with Bill. But uh, I had no idea he was a catfish fanatic, <laughs> you know. I mean, I just always thought of him as a bass fisherman. Uh, and everybody knows him one way or another, but uh, he was knowledgeable. I mean, he's he's a student of the catfish. He's more than a fisherman, I think. He he's got a lot of knowledge about it. But uh, you know, at the at the tournaments, he's just he's he's just there. He's everywhere. You see him with this guy and that guy and uh, Sharon and so on. With another thing that's going to help that sport grow. Right, he is. He's very good for the sport, and he's done a lot for the conservation around this area, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. He had a, in Arkansas, I believe, he had a big hand in all of those. Um, you know, getting everybody to see what the value in these big catfish, and you know, the damage that everybody's doing to these waters, and uh, you know, it. I don't think you know if he wouldn't have stood up and you know, got all that going, I, I still don't think we would be where we're at today without him doing that. Yeah, I, I think Catfishing is lucky to have an advocate like that. I mean, he has celebrity status, and people listen to, to the celebrities, you know, for whatever reason, maybe more than they would you or me. So uh, Catfishing in general is probably pretty lucky to have him. I, I, I know at the, uh, the Memphis uh, event, another big Cat Quest event, uh, a bunch of the BNM people were there, and they were fishing with people like George Young and Jason Acock and uh, more of those BNM pro staffers. And Bill Dance was involved with them too because he fishes with with uh, George Young. But uh, after that, we were able to go take a tour of his studio, and it, it was just an incredible experience to get to go through there. I mean, there's history. Uh, in the fishing world in general, but catfish too. And he showed us a video he had done on Wilson with Phil King. And uh, I don't even know if it's out yet, but it, it, if it, when that show comes out and people see him catching those big catfish, 
it can't do anything but help the sport again. You know, we talk about how it's going to grow. That's going to be one of the things, too, that uh, people like him that are uh, sharing his own knowledge and, and other people like Phil King's and showing what can be done, it's going to be really good for the sport. You know, in fact, I, that also reminds me of that because of that period, I had fished with uh, George Young one day. I'd fished with Jason Acock one day. I'd fished with Larry Muse one day. And then we did that tour with Bill Dance at uh, his studio. And I woke up that night. I, it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I couldn't sleep. And I had this story going around in my head. And that happens once in a while. I, I don't know why. But I had this story going around, and it all related to those guys that I had fished with. In fact, I, I'll just ask the viewers. I say, just go to Google and Google the title, uh, Catfish Anglers Talk Turkey. Catfish Anglers Talk Turkey. And you'll find the story that I published the next morning, uh, on my National Fishing uh, Examiner page of what those guys were talking about. And I'll leave it to y'all to, to read the story, but what it was, without being asked or anything, just in the process of being with them, what I was hearing was, we need to share our knowledge more with regular recre recreational anglers. And I just I just thought it was kind of amazing that everybody I'd been with was, was on that same... Uh, tune, you know, they were they were talking about the need to do that, and I know you heard Larry say that and all, and but here was all those other guys saying it too, and so it's catching. The more it catches, you know, the better it is for uh, for catfishing. It's just going to help grow the sport. Okay, uh, you know, you, you've been on the outside looking in. Uh, from your observations, what do you see that catfishing needs to do to really, uh, you know, start getting a grasp on things and um, you know, heading in a positive direction where we can be where we want to be in the next few years? Yeah, boy, that really is a tough question. I, I think my first thought is to, uh, uh, we may need to model uh, things kind of after what the bass people do or what the crappie people do. And what those people do have is a lot of uh, big sponsors. And I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be one by one and uh, convincing them that there's something to, uh, the catfishing and their their reason for being a part of catfishing is going to be different than ours. I mean, when I say ours, I should say you all's. Uh, again, I feel like I'm an outsider myself, but uh, they're in business to make money, so profit in the bottom line is going to be important to them. But if we convince them that this is a growing sport and there's a growing market then they're going to be interested. And then we both benefit because they are going to get other markets. We're going to get better tackle, more tackle. Probably, probably research and development will, will create new things for the catfish market specifically. I think we see that already. You know, So, again, it's growing. But I think getting sponsors involved will be a, a, big, uh, a big part of making it grow. Uh, it... You know, I don't know how it could could keep from it, really, if, if you get them. And how you get them, I don't know. The the one thing that I'd, I'd say about that, it's just like when I was a guide. If I got someone to sponsor me as a fishing guide, 
then I had to turn around and give them some benefit of some kind. I mean, you have to do a good job. And so hopefully we'll, we'll get those people that are uh, getting the sponsorships that are willing to, to help them promote their products and uh, help the whole industry grow in that way. I think that'll be a big part of it. Uh, I don't know. That's the thing that's on the top of my head. I'll have to think about that some more, I guess. Maybe if I come up with something, I'll, I'll bring it up. But uh, And you guys probably got your own ideas about that. I don't know. I, yeah, you know, you know, you know, we covered it earlier before the show, and you know, everybody's got to start having more respect for each other's sponsors, and because you know, all the all the gouging and stuff that had gone on in the past has really slowed slowed everything down a lot. Uh, it seems to have gotten a lot better. Me and Lyle's really concentrated on trying to unite, you know, everyone and. Uh, Having, you know, everybody working together and being united is going to help push it a lot better than a lot of bickering and everybody, um, you know, arguing about sponsors <coughs> and what so and so uses is better than so and so's. You know, and that that's when you go out on the water and prove it and have fun doing it. Yeah, uh, you got to perform for them, uh, but you know the. The fact that you mentioned that, it, it does make me recall seeing social media posts and so on that just beat down some sponsor or something. And there's no gain going to come from that, I don't believe. Uh, you can have opinions about, you know, honest opinions about something, but uh, I don't know. My mom always told me if you don't have something good to say, don't say nothing at all. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see people give that respect. If someone's sponsored by a team and they remain sponsored or by a company and they remain sponsored by that company, they're working at it. They're doing something right. So let's don't be knocking them down and uh, for personal reasons, in other words. Uh, but that's tough. I mean, I, that's what I always thought about guiding. And guides are individuals. I mean, it's like the old west. <laughs> Gunfighters, they're, they're very competitive. And, in fact, fishing itself was always known for being secretive. And it's not the secretive uh, portion that's going to get the growth. It's going to be those that are not so secret and sharing things and uh, with the other anglers. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right on that. Uh, you know, what a lot of sponsors want is they're not worried about, you know, more or less targeting the tournament fishermen. They want to hit the recreational guys, and they want to sell their gear to these guys. So, you know, they're, want, they're wanting the pro staff to, you know, just besides going out and fishing tournaments, get involved, uh, you know, around their areas and represent these companies well then the guys that are recreational fishing, uh, you know, they'll want to, you know, follow suit and buy the same gear that you have. That's exactly right. And I, I can remember doing fishing shows when I was a guide. And, uh, and, and this is an interesting uh, tie-in to outdoor writing, too. When I first started writing, I'd get these editors that would say, now, you can't mention no names. You can't mention no sponsors or anything like that. You know, you just say what size the hook is, but don't talk about who made it 
But when I did those shows and I'd have anglers come up and talk to me, they wanted to know exactly what you were using. They wanted to know what the brand was. You know, they wanted to know what size it was and so on and so forth. So, And I see that changing in writing, too. Of course, the Internet's helped that, too, because people write whatever they want to there and in a lot of cases without too much editing, which is not all good. But uh, at any rate, that is changing, and, and I think what the average recreational angler wants to know is all the details, everything they can. Uh, the less they have to discover on their own, the quicker they're going to get into catching fish, and the quicker they're going to get hooked uh, by the sport. Yeah, and I, I think I read an interview that somebody said, um, go back and do research on, on things you read about cat, about fishing in general, because not all website designers are fishermen. And I think that was you that said that. Um, it may be. I don't know. It yeah. sounds like something I might have said. <laughs> yeah. you, you, was, you know, you was talking about when you was doing the, the web stuff and, uh, you know, you was trying really hard to get, get the right information out. But uh, you also noticed that, you know, a lot of other websites that was out there we're putting out wrong information because they would they wasn't in it for the right reasons. They wasn't there to help people. Yeah, I, I do. I believe that's the difference. It's it's kind of what the that end goal is going to be. I, you know, I I have recently had a a, a good experience with respect to writer and and that and it deals with monsters on the Ohio. I've always wanted to go to monsters on the Ohio just because I hear all you guys talking about it. And it <laughs> It just seems like it must be such a special tournament and uh, so on, you know. And I, for some reason, I've always had a conflict. And that's I'm only talking about the last couple of years that I knew about it even, but uh, I couldn't go. And this year I decided, well, I've got to write something about it regardless if I'm there or not. So uh, I started scanning uh, Facebook and seeing what I could find. I was looking for comments. I was looking for photos because I wasn't there. I didn't have anything. And... I called Aaron uh, Wheatley, and I mean, I don't even know Aaron Wheatley, but I called him, and I got a couple uh, quotes from him and so on, and I, I uh, messaged a couple folks and on Facebook and uh, got some comments from them, and what I learned in all of that was, oh, Facebook is powerful. The Facebook, and I'm kind of one of the last to, to get in on that social media stuff. I guess I'm trying to get in it more all the time. But I am getting into Facebook because I wrote a couple of pretty good stories on Monsters of the on the Ohio without ever being there. And it was because I could get information from Facebook. I'm an email guy. I love to use email to uh, communicate with people and get information. But I have found that a lot of people don't look at their email anymore. And I've, I can contact them on uh, Facebook quicker than I can by email. And, and again, I still find those catfishmen out there eager to share. Uh, I've never had anybody say, well, I'm not going to tell you that. You know, it, it seems like they always share their information. And like I say, I, I learned a valuable lesson there. Facebook is powerful, and I'll use it a lot more in the future. And I can do things that I wouldn't be able to do just because I'm not there, in other words. So. Uh, more and more people. I'm trying to make more catfish friends on Facebook. I probably get one or two every day. So if anybody's out there, send me a friends request. If I don't know about you, we'll we'll hook up that way. That reminds me of another Mark Nichols story. I'm sorry, but I got to go back to DOA lures here. And 
uh, we were at a writer's event down there. Of course, it was a saltwater one, but that, that doesn't matter. But this was when Facebook was new, and Mark says he was uh, talking to the, the writers, and he said, well, he says, there's this thing called Facebook. He said, I went on there, and he said, uh, I signed up, and he said, it's like the next day. I had 100 friends, and I didn't even know them. <laughs> so that's kind of the way it is. But after a little bit of time, you feel like you do know them. So. You know, I, there's good and bad, but uh, I really appreciate the good part of the the Facebook community. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's really really helped. Uh, you know, catfishing as a whole, I believe. You know, a lot of guys are are criticized because they, you know, guys call them, uh, you know, internet fishermen and you know stuff like that. But <laughs> you know, they they just having good times, and you know, a lot of guys. You know, probably can't afford to go a whole lot. Um, so, you know, it's all about fun and games when people call somebody that, you know, and finally when they do go out and get a fish, they kid with them, oh, you can catch fish. Um, you know, but as it seems like everybody on my Facebook page, you know, you just about know them personally. And after you get to meet them, um, you know, you've read their stuff so much, they're exactly like you pictured them to be. And it's, and it's you know, Seems like you already know them by the time you meet them. You do get to be like you know them, and you know you you your comment there about uh, everybody can't afford to go everywhere. You know, well that's the same from my side of the uh, picture too. I can't afford to go tournaments <laughs> that exist, and I'm always complaining. In in fact, Chuck, you'll remember because I was complaining about how far my catfish friends were away from Florida. You know, anytime there's a tournament, it's 10 hours or more, it seems like. But it reminded me, because we're, when we talk about people that support catfishing, uh, when I went to that Weiss Lake uh, catfish tournament, there was a lady there named Teresa Huggin. She's with the Cherokee County Tourism Department. She was uh, instrumental in helping put that tournament on. She was instrumental in supporting me by providing my lodging to be there so I could write about it. And there's people just like that all over that we don't really hear about them. But those tourism uh, agencies, whatever their name might be, they go by all kinds of different stuff. But they're actually supporting the industry, too. And I, I don't know how we reward them for that or what, but they're supporting us. We ought to at least recognize it properly. That's correct. Um, before I pass you over to Lyle, which I probably just bleed right on over to him, um, I want to talk about you know fishing with children and uh, you know the relationship you have with your grandchild and going out and fishing with them. Uh, yeah, well, I, my grandson uh, is now 19. It's just so hard to believe, but we've been fishing uh, since he was three years old. So that that whole experience is another thing that we as fishermen have got to continue and we've got to take those kids fishing and we've got to uh, make uh, the opportunities that that help them uh, it's kinda hard to say I guess but you you want them to learn about the outdoors and all we know how so many of them are hooked on the games and all that stuff and just getting them out in the outdoors I think is a very valuable a tool and again a, a simple thing that will help the industry grow as well. Uh, I, I always loved having kids on the boat when I was guiding too because they they will uh, 
you know, they'll make uh, the most of most situations. Although that reminds me of another story, and this relates to something you asked me earlier, Chuck, about the bad days. We were going one morning and had this little uh, eight-year-old boy on the boat, him and his mom and dad. And got a lot of families, in fact, because we live here close to Orlando, and the people would be in Orlando, you know, visiting the theme parks over there, and they'd take a day off to go fishing. But anyway, we're out there. It's tough. I mean, we have been around. I've gone to several places. We haven't got no fishing. This little boy looks at me and says, Captain, don't you have a honey hole we could go to? And, you know, it just kind of puts you in your place, I guess. But I'd already been to about eight honey holes, and they weren't biting, you know. And fortunately, before that day was over, we – we got him some fish, and but uh, they those kids will put you in your place. So you know, take a kid fishing. That's what I say. Yeah, and you know, you you had said in another interview about uh, you being on the being in the boat with kids. You also learn stuff from them about you know how to slow down and uh, you know just don't make it as intense as uh, you know everybody's getting used to it. Um, you know, going out and, and fishing eight hours straight, you know, kids can't do that. So yeah, you're bringing back memories there somewhere. I can almost remember that, but I'm not sure where I wrote it. But it's so true that, uh, you know, you can't go out there like you're fishing a bass tournament and just blow and go. Uh, you really got to take time. I mean, they're happy sometimes to dip and shrimp in the in the bait tank, you know, or, or whatever. It, it doesn't have to. You know, when you catch them a fish, that's a real big plus. They light up like... You know, nobody's business. and That's your photo op, and, you know, that's what mom and dad can take uh, home with them, too. So uh, fishing with kids is a joy. It's a blessing, really, and I always enjoyed having them on the boat. Yeah, people people think, you know, I can bring the kids out, and it's just going to be a regular fishing day. Um, you know, and that that's when you have to think you need to bring yourself down to their level. And you really have so much more fun doing that than you do any other time you go fishing. Yeah, just think about a little. Plan it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's that's about all from me, Lyle. What do you got for him? Well, i got a couple of things to visit with Ron about. Ron, what got you started in, in your writing career? Well, the writing itself, I, I guess I kind of mentioned earlier, it just come out of being a guide. I, as, I, as I developed uh, more knowledge on fishing in general, I, I guess uh, I started writing about it. And, and, and that, I guess, would have to come from the academic career, too, because I wrote a lot in, in my earlier career, but it wasn't about the outdoors, you know. <laughs> it was about other stuff, and uh, so it was natural to write. But then I discovered I just really, I wish I'd have found outdoor writing a lot sooner. I would have done it all my life with, uh, and been very happy, you know, because it, it gives you uh, the opportunities to meet uh, so many good people. I find most, most, I never had a bad trip guiding, I'll say that. And all of the people that I'm meeting and catfishing, they're such good people. Uh, you feel like your family immediately almost in most cases, so. But, uh, you know, really I got started uh, out of the guiding and just having the, the, the willingness or, or the desire, I guess, to, first of all, those two books come up, and I did that, and then the other stories, and 
then you find out where you can make a little bit of money at it because people will pay you to do it. But uh, I'll have to also say that isn't anything like it was in the old days from what I hear. Before the Internet, you could really make a living at it. But nowadays, very few papers even have a have a uh, outdoor uh, you know department. So it, it's a tough business, but uh, I love it. I love what I'm doing. My examiner page gives me uh, the ability to publish uh, immediately. So I can be pretty up to date with stuff on that page. It's both a news outlet and a story outlet, and I try to provide both uh, on that page. People can subscribe to that, by the way. I might as well say that uh, if they would like to get a notice of any new articles that I write on that National Fishing Examiner page. And, you know, just find any story. If you happen to Google that one we talked about, catfish anglers talk turkey, you'll you'd be on the examiner page. You can subscribe right there, and uh, easy two-step deal. You click a link, and then they send you an email, and you have to respond. By the way, you do have to respond to that email, or you don't get subscribed. I've had people say they'd tried and they never got subscribed, and it's because they didn't check their email and then click on that uh, verifying link or whatever it is they call it. Okay, awesome. Uh, other than the Examiner, I know that you write for Catfish Magazine. Is there any any other uh, magazine groups that you you write for? Those two are the main Catfish outlets. But I also write for Crappie Now, which is an online uh, magazine. Uh, it and it's a free uh, subscription too. Just go to their their website, Crappie uh, Now dot net, I believe it is. And you can subscribe to that one. So if you have an interest in crappie fishing, that's uh, that's a good one. As a freelancer, I write for you know various ones, but uh, those are kind of the regular ones that I write for all the time. I, with Catfish Magazine, I I actually I don't know how I really got started there, but uh, Doug Smith, who publishes that magazine, uh, had just done some kind of email. He had me on his list, I guess, and I saw it, and they were asking for some uh, input or some uh, articles, some submissions, and I submitted one that time, and I've had an article in that ever since it started now. I hope I can keep that up for some time. And In fact, this next issue, you will find a new column called Profiles and Passion, and that column, that'll be a monthly or a bi-monthly column, It'll come out every time. Profiles and passion. Somebody. I, I tell you, the first one's going to be my good friend Larry Muse. Uh, so you can read a little bit more about Larry. I don't know if you'll find anything you don't know, but you might. And uh, it, it just so appropriate to me the name Profiles and Passion because all these catfish guys I meet, they're just so passionate about what they do. So that column will be aimed at anglers. It'll be aimed at sponsors related to catfishing and any other uh, interests that might be related to catfishing. It'll be in there on a regular basis. So, uh, and people probably do know that they can subscribe to that one free on your website. You've got a link right there that mm -hmm. they can use. And if they like a hard copy, they can subscribe for a hard copy as well. Uh, Doug Smith, I think, has been doing a good job with that. And he's uh, people like him, other publishers that uh, put stuff in there about catfishing are going to help us all out. So 
Uh, well, I, I agree, and, and Doug is a really good guy. I've visited with him on the phone numerous times, and, and uh, you know, he does a wide variety of stuff, but he's done a really good job with the Catfishing Magazine because we had nothing other than a publication once a year that come out that, that targeted uh, the, the sport that, that most of us enjoy. So when he started coming out with one every other month, that, that was a home run for most of us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he's done a good job with that. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. I can tell you that. And I'm I'm not a part of it other than just submitting articles. But uh, I'm glad I have that opportunity. Exactly. Uh, I have just started uh, writing for Crappie USA as well, uh, uh, Cabela's, and you know they have a journal, <laughs> and hopefully we'll get. I'm assuming the first assignment was crappie, but I'm hoping maybe we'll get some catfishing. I think that journal covers uh, catfishing as well because they do the Cabela's uh, King Cat uh, tournaments, of course. So uh, another uh, opportunity for me there, I hope, related to catfishing. Right, right. And and I think that uh, with the new owners um, that has took over the Catfish and Tournament Series for Cabela's, you know, I'm looking for some big things to come out of that. I think it'll be a, a great asset, uh, them buying that. I think things will change, and I think they'll change for the better. We had Jeremy Poe on the show here a few weeks ago, and, and he's really excited about it, so I think that's going to be great for the sport. Um, why... Uh, why do you think catfishing all of a sudden has grown to be such a popular sport? And it always was, but its notoriety has really jumped in the last couple of years. You know, I think it's the big fish. I think it's the fact that we're seeing more and more of the big fish, and people, just the ordinary angler out there, begin to realize that he can do that too, that he can go out there, and uh, given a little bit of uh, instruction, he, he has a chance to catch one of those big fish, too. And I think that's a big, big part of it. Uh, you know, beyond that, it's just the fact that the uh, attention that it's getting from, from riders, from sponsors, from uh, you name it, from the tourism folks who are happy to bring a catfish tournament to town, all that attention is just going to grow. But uh, I think one of the really big factors is the fact that, hey, those things are huge. There's big fish out there, and I can catch one. And I think it's just going to keep keep growing in that way. Well, and and I do too. I, I really do, and I hope that it that it does. And um, uh, publications and and outdoor writers such as yourself and the sponsors has all been a great part of that. But I think. Um, and I have a theory, and some people agree with it, but a lot of guys don't, but, you know, you can't have a tournament every time you have a tournament. You can't have it in big fish water. Sometimes you have to have it in where there's medium or small fish, and uh, I, you know, if I'm going to um, uh, the Red River and there's a tournament up there because they have a really good one up there, and, I, and I've been to it. If I go up there, you know, I know I'm not going to catch an 80-pound blue, but it's very possible to catch a 20 or 25-pound channel cat. I, that's what I'm looking for is the biggest fish in that water. It doesn't have to be an 80-pound flathead uh, to make me happy. If I'm catching some of the bigger fish in the water, then, then I'm going to be as competitive as I would be if I was on the Mississippi down in St. Louis catching 60 and 80-pound blue cat. 
Well, yeah, it's going to be location specific. So, you know, that makes me think of the only time I ever saw one of the hourly formats, didn't even know what they were. You know what I mean? Where they, it's like seven tournaments in one, really, because uh, they'll give uh, four places for every hour. So the fishing starts at six, the weigh-in starts at seven. The seven o'clock group, whoever brings in the biggest four fish are going to win a prize. And uh, it just, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge fish. It's, it, and it's going to, by stretching it out like that and having it every hour, it just seemed to me like it, it fits what you're talking about there. The fact you just, if you're willing to fish and, and catch some fish, it doesn't have to be a huge one. You can even win some money at it. Well, some of the more fun tournaments that Cindy and I have fished in the last several years uh, has been over around Peoria, Illinois, on the, on the Illinois River. There's a great bunch of guys that put on a tournament up there, and uh, Tri-County Tri or Tri-City, I, I, the name eludes me right now, but uh, them boys, they do a heck of a job putting on tournaments. they got some of the greatest channel cat water that you could ever fish in, in the middle United States, and... Uh, uh, they got some flatheads, and there is some blues up there, although the tournaments that I fished over there, nobody got in any any blues uh, or flatheads. Well, there were some flatheads turned in, but there wasn't big ones. But, uh, the, you know, they're catching 10, 12, 15-pound channel cat fairly regular over there, and I'm telling you that there's nothing wrong with fish like that. And, and if you know going in that you're fishing for a uh, 50 or 60 80 pound uh, weigh in, and you're going to win it if you get a weigh in like that, or at least be in the top four or five. Uh, I'm all over that as long as I know what I'm up against. And you sit there and, and fish for uh, six or eight hours, and it's just constantly catching fish. And there's no way that you can go wrong doing that. I'll tell you what, I, I've always been one that if my pole was bending, I was pretty happy. <laughs> a big one, you know. I, I like right. to catch fish, so yeah, that sounds good to me too. Uh, I I understand. What what's your personal best uh, catfish that you've caught, Ron? Well, is that what I mentioned to uh, Chuck there a while ago? I caught that sixty-two pound uh, blue cat on Wilson fishing with Brian <laughs> Martin down there, and uh, I still, you know, I'm ready to go back. I have to say <laughs> that was I just didn't expect that, but. Uh, you know, usually when I the first time I ever fished, it was with uh, Larry Muse, as I said, and and we were suspended. We were drawing, uh, trying to draw those fish out of the timber there in Wilson, and uh, we caught quite a few fish. But the biggest one I think was 18 pounds, and Larry was just so disappointed. That 18 pound fish was big to me, you know. So, but now I find uh, you guys. I'm going to say you got there. You're not. You're kind of expecting to catch a 30-pound fish uh, in most cases if they're in the water, I think. So that's that's that positive attitude of catfishermen, I think. You know, you're talking about fun tournaments. I, I, I have to mention the one that I'm going to be fishing later in the month. It's called the Toy Rod Tournament. And it's a, it's a toy rod catfish tournament, and you have to use a Barbie doll rod or a, mm -hmm. or a I think mine are Spider-Man rods. That Snoopies I'm, or something. I'm using, but, <laughs> uh, so we'll be doing and It's a charity deal, you know, and it's it's for kids again, too, because you bring a toy to give to the kids and it's before Christmas, so it's a Christmas time thing. Too. But it's just fun to do. Right. We'll get several people out there doing that. It'll be fun. Heck yeah, there are. We've had those around here different times. And Russ DeVore, actually, I don't know if you know Russ or not, but he come up with one of those Snoopy poles one day and, and put a like a 6500 Abu Garcia on it, mounted oh, wow. it. 
Yeah, and and he he caught a huge fish on that thing. I don't remember now what it weighed, but it was absolutely a monster, and and I guess it was quite a riot. So they're a lot of fun, and for that type of a deal where you're doing it for for uh, uh, a good cause, and, and yeah. that's that's a great deal. Well, they well, don't allow us to change the reels, but I do have a twenty-pound Power Pro on my, <laughs> on my little Snoopy reel or whatever it is. All right, I can understand that. What's your favorite way to fish for catfish? Oh boy, I, uh, you know, I, uh, just a few weeks ago, I probably would have said it was suspending that that first trip I had with Larry Muse and on Wilson where we were. <clears throat> Fishing suspended and drawing those fish out. Never having to throw an anchor out. I use that spot lock and stay in that one spot. I enjoyed that a lot. It was it wasn't physically demanding. And at, at my age, I watched that a little bit. I can't do what I used to do, but it it was a relatively simple technique, and it produced. You know, I thought, oh, that's pretty good. But I'll have to say, after uh, visiting Memphis uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, went out with George Young, and he gave me a pretty good lesson on bumping. I, really, the first time I'd ever done it. And uh, Larry Muse had always told me that bumping's the way to catch big, big catfish anyway. And uh, so I, I did it there one day with uh, with George using the the techniques that he showed me, and caught uh, never caught a big fish, but caught a couple of nice fish doing that. You know, and I, I just I had the confidence that I could do it with his technique. And by the way, we shot a video on that that uh, I put it on uh, Facebook, and that thing had 1,200 views in like two days. And I thought, hey, there's some people out there interested in bumping, I think. And so I put it on YouTube, and people can find it on YouTube. If, if, if they'll just, I'll give you another Google assignment. Google uh, uh, Bumping the Mississippi with George Young, and you'll find that YouTube video. It's very simple. It's very basic, but he did a good job with it, and it gives you the very basics of it. But if you Google that title, you'll also find an article that I wrote on the National Fishing Examiner page that's the same title, goes into a little more detail about doing it. So the, those two complement each other uh, pretty well. And people that are interested in seeing it could learn some more. Yeah, I, after seeing all those people hit it on uh, or view it on Facebook, I decided we'd just let it go out there to the world. And I want to thank George, by the way, for taking time to do that. And I want to thank all the people that, that give me information that, that allows me to write uh, and do what I do. Couldn't do it without them. Well, Vince Nagowski uh, wrote us a note in chat, says he's been very impressed with the articles you wrote and results from tournaments that you've covered. So that in itself speaks volumes to me. Who uh, was that? Vince Nagowski. Mm, I'm, I'm not sure I know Vince. Well, you meet him. I'm quite sure. If you go back to the Monsters on the Ohio, I'll make sure it happens. He, oh, okay, yeah. Well, he, he's well, a yeah. really, he's a good guy, and we always meet up down there. It's about the only time I see Vince throughout the year, but uh, he's he's one of the luckiest guys I know. He every time he goes down there and gets a motel room, there's always something wrong with it. That's <laughs> uh, three years in a row that I know of that he's had problems with motel rooms. So we kind of get a, a kick out of that. Well, it's always good to hear uh, kind words like that. I appreciate that. I, oh, heck, yeah. I'll tell you, another uh, rider that does a lot in uh, catfishing is, is Keith Sutton. Do you know Keith? Uh, a lot of yeah. people do. In fact, his nickname is Cat. When I met him, I met him at ICAST in Orlando, and uh, he introduced himself as Keith Catfish Sutton. Right. Keith has 
written a lot of books uh, on catfishing. He writes a lot of stories on catfishing. He uh, and, and when I, that story that I mentioned earlier, where I woke up in the middle of the night and had that story going around in my head and uh, and wrote the story about catfish angler stock turkey, he saw that and and picked it up and he shared it on his Facebook page and and he said something I forget what he said something like. Uh, here's a, a, a good piece on the future of catfishing and and, the, and having somebody like him say something to you, it's, it feels really good. I, you know, you'd you like to hear the the good words occasionally, so I appreciate Keith saying that. And coming from him, it, it meant a lot to me. So Yeah, you. he's a he's kind of a big deal, you know. So uh, or I've read a lot of his stuff. Maybe he's not, yeah, but to me, he's a huge deal, you know. He's a huge deal to me. He's yeah. uh you know, he he just carries awards away at the Southeastern Outdoor Press Association like he's going out of style. He's an excellent writer. Yes, he, just, he is. He just redid an earlier book. Uh, what's the name of that book? Uh, I got it right over here. Hardcore Catfishing. Actually, here it is, right here. And that's a good book for, you know, anyone interested in just uh, finding out all kinds of things. I mean, it's er about everything, and and it's a second edition, which means he's he's improved on what he had in the first uh, place, and it was an award-winning book the first time. So yeah, Keith writes a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I know he write he he's been writing a long time. Cindy has left me a message that that tournament series is TCCA, and, and those guys. Uh, if you're ever up around Peoria, Illinois, or in that area, and you want to fish a tournament, give them guys a shout. I'm telling you, it's a very well run tournament, and and you jump in over there and, and think you're just going to sneak in there and take their money. You're going to be dealing with a lot of really really good fishermen. I mean. Uh, Joe Lucky and Jerry Klein and Doug Rice and um, oh, I can't think of the other guy. We had him on the show here a while back. I can't think of his name. I, I keep running into memory lapses tonight for some reason. But them guys over there will 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 let you enter. They'll take your money and pat you on the back as you're leaving to go home. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's just they're a great bunch of guys, and you couldn't you couldn't be in any better hands with anybody fishing than uh, than with those. Well, let me ask you guys a, a question here. Is what in your uh, knowledge of the tournament fishing, especially, could you put in kind of a percentage on how the locals have an advantage, if or if they do? I personally feel that they have a distinct advantage because um, when you go into a place that you, especially if it's a place you've never been before, you run in into a deal and and. Um, you go down there, you're going to be down there one, maybe two days, sometimes three if it's really a big event. And, and you got to find the fish that they're fishing for three or four days a week in, in two or three days. They've been doing it for years, and, and you've got two or three days to find those fish and, and make them work uh, so you can put them in the boat before they get to them spots or, you know, they know spots that you're never going to find in two or three days. So I think the local guys have a distinct advantage anytime you go to an out-of-town tournament. Yeah. You kind of feel the same way, Chuck? Yeah, they, uh, you know, with the, with the new electronics especially, um, you know, guys that are on the certain parts of the rivers and lakes, uh, you know, they just have so much, so many different places marked, um, you know, and it, I'll, I'll travel to an out-of-town tournament, and it'll take me all day to try to find, 
you know, 10 good spots and about half of those I'm really not even sure about. Um, you know, local guys, you know, they know exactly where they're going to be going. Um, you know, they may go pre-fishing and, and check the spots and see where what's holding fish, but they they already know where the where the go-to places are, yeah. where the good structure is. Well, I know that that uh, tournament I was talking about that was an hourly tournament was on Weiss Lake, and there were not a whole lot of locals in that, but they were there, you know, watching, weighing all day long. And all of a sudden, I'll bet you that tournament's twice as big next year <laughs> as it was this year. And I think that's something recreational anglers need to know. If they get scared because they're fishing against a professional, you know, that's coming to town, I think they've got more an advantage than they might think there. So uh, get out there and fish those tournaments, guys. That, that's exactly right. And, and especially if it's in a local water, you're going, you're going to, you have a, a distinct advantage. You, you can compete against anybody that's coming from out of town. I, I just, I believe that. I don't see any reason why you can't. Um, Ron, I understand that you have a new column coming out in Catfish Magazine. Would you like to share that with us? Yeah, that's that's that profiles and passion uh, column, and it's going to be in every issue from here on out as long as uh, we can we can get a good issue. And by the way, I, I I would love to hear some feedback on this if people read it and just let me know what they know. But it will be geared towards looking at people, uh, sponsors, uh, at anyone you know, in the catfish industry that I come up with. And maybe some of you out there will even have an idea. So here's somebody that needs to be profiled in Catfish Magazine. Uh, you know, give me a shout, and uh, I'll put it on the list, and we'll see what will come up there. But I'm looking forward to that uh, just because of, uh, first of all, the opportunity to do something consistently, and secondly, just because of the people I've met, like I mentioned earlier, Larry Muse will be the first uh, topic on, in that new uh, column. So uh, just looking forward to doing that. And I think people will learn from it because it will include more than just who this person is, but it will include his fishing tips. It will include his uh, thoughts on conservation, for example, and so on. So, looking forward to doing that. Uh, the first one will be in the December issue, I think. So, let me know what you think about it. Absolutely, I think that's a, a great advantage that that they're going to have with a with a column like that. I think it'll do great things for the sport, and uh, you'll get to find out stuff about some of these people that you may never have known or may not ever have been able to find out until you write about it. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's an inter interesting process. I'm trying to set up an interview form that will kind of get the same kinds of information out of each of the participants. So, uh, And like I say, it won't be just anglers. It will also be sponsors. It will be anyone that possibly has a, an important role to play in catfishing. That's outstanding. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to sit to read it. And I think the I think that uh, Doug has made a wise choice with that, and and uh, you know we're all we'll all be reading. Of course, you know I, I get the online magazine. Of course, I get the other one too. I, I don't want to miss anything, but uh, yeah. I miss I miss enough by accident without missing stuff on purpose. So uh, yeah. you know that's kind of what works. Like hard copy. They want it in their hand, you know. Or. 
Well, you know, I get people stopping by the shop every once in a while, and they'll have a repair done, or they just want to shoot the bull or whatever, and they'll pick that up, and I just leave them by here, and they look through them and uh, talk about different things, and then they'll see something, they'll ask questions, and I'll do my best to try to uh, to answer them, uh, you know, as, as well as I can. I hope well, it's yeah. a good one. I hope people like it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy reading a lot of stuff that, that you wrote, and, and some of it I didn't realize you had wrote until uh, after I visited with you, but uh, it, it's uh, I've been back through a lot of that stuff and see, wow, there's Rod. Oh, here he is again. Well, here he is again. So, you know, uh, you overlook some things, but once you, you visit with somebody and talk to them and, uh, and get acquainted with them, you, you pick up and say, I remember this now, and you... Uh, passed it by or forgotten about it or whatever so uh, it's really great what you're doing for our sport and believe me we all appreciate it well thank you uh, I appreciate your saying so um, we're running over just over an hour which is not too bad for us because Chuck and I usually run over most of the time but um, I, at the end of every show we give everybody a chance to to mention any people that they would like to give thanks to or sponsors or or promote something that they're working on a project or anything and and since we are getting uh, you know to, towards that time if you would like to do that Ron I'll give you all the time you want to do and and go go ahead and and uh, talk about whatever you need to well thank you well I, I've done most of my promoting along the way probably but I really invite everyone to subscribe to uh, my National Fishing Examiner page I'd appreciate that if you did and the YouTube uh, thing is real new but it's a subscription thing too so uh, I would like to pick up some uh, subscriptions on that and there's only two videos up there right now but I'm going to add to it and it's it's going to be things that are fishing related and uh, so that would be great. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to a friend. Uh, everyone probably that's listening knows David Shipman and Brooke Wilkins. Uh, Wilkins won the world champion of catfishing thing earlier in the year, and I just want to give a shout out to half that team because Brooke uh, got married over the weekend. So congratulations to her, and she's a catfishing gal for sure. Uh, also, I, I'd kind of like to give a shout out to some of the people that I've met on the on the uh, different events I've been able to go to, and a, a couple of them are just great catfishing families. And that's uh, the ones I've met: Troy, Angie, and Dylan, Dylan, uh, Dylan Boatwright, uh, Wayne, Jennifer, and Connor King. I just keep up the good work. You all are uh, a good role model for some of the other families that might uh, like to get out there and have some fun catfishing. I guess the final thing I'm I'm going to say relates to that. I, I'm always complaining about how far my catfish friends are away from me, and Chuck noticed that uh, a Facebook page, and he sent me a name of a fellow in that lives in Florida, Glenn uh, Flowers, mm -hmm. and uh, of course he still was eight hours away, even though he's in Florida because he was out in the panhandle. So the, I can't get him too close. But then uh, a fellow. Uh, I, a Facebook friend named uh, Catfish Ronnie, and I don't I don't know him other than Facebook. You know, he chimed in uh, on that post, and I looked at his page, and I saw a post he made a couple of days ago. He said, I might just go catch me a state record tonight. And I just thought, man, you just got to love that attitude, you know. And I, I've had Larry Muse say, you know, I know I haven't caught the biggest 
one out there yet. Uh, yet being a, you know the, the prime word there, but it, it's just the way catfish anglers think. Those big fish are out there. They're going to be calling anglers to come out and try to catch them. And uh, you know that's uh, you know the more we can share the fun and the techniques to, to catch those bigger fish, I think the more the sport's going to grow. I, I'm just happy as heck that I've found it over the last couple of years, and maybe we'll be a part of helping it grow. Well, you know, I, I want to extend an invitation if you ever get to Missouri or the mid-United States, uh, especially after the water warms up and everybody gets healed up from whatever we got going on over the winter, give me a shout. We'll go ahead and line. We'll have a good time. We may not catch any fish, but I promise you a good time. I would love to do that sometime. I really appreciate you guys asking me on the show. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Chuck, what do you got for closing statements tonight? Uh, I don't have a lot. Uh, there's nothing going on uh, around here until winter blues, so I'm getting ramped up for it. Well, I think that everybody is. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's going to be something else this year. Um, everybody's had time, to, you know, to prepare. <laughs> um, you know, if the weather works out right for everyone, um, it's going to be great. Um, you know. It just all, it's just all on the weather. You know, that's what we get for, you know, trying to do something in the wintertime. But I'm sure that, uh, you know, it, it'll play into everybody's hands and everybody's going to be able to make it and have a good time. So, Well, one thing about it, Chuck, it, it won't be a bit wetter this year than it was last year down there because there was several ducks, I'm sure, drowned in that monsoon we had. Oh yeah, that was uh, you know, I seen them water skiing. Uh, <laughs> they were, you know, that it was uh it was a pretty good monsoon. Uh yeah. You know, it that bim the bimney top didn't even help. The rain just blew right through it. It so did. It was, it was uh, well, we had we had that cover on ours, it's a complete enclosure and I was drowned, you know. But then we had some other issues too, but it's still a good time. It's a great tournament. Daniel does an awesome job putting that on. And and as far as I know, uh, and I may miss something. If I did, I'm sure I'll, I'll hear about it. But uh, that's the next big deal we got going on uh, is the Winter Blues. And I, uh, I'm i looking forward to everybody getting down there and having a good time. By the way, Ron, Vince had left a note while ago that he will be at Winter Blues. If you get a chance to make it up there, you, you can meet him there. When is that exactly? January 2nd, uh, Joe Wheeler State Park. Would I be all right in my Florida shorts? Uh, yeah, you should be fine. If you, <laughs> you might want to bring something to cover them legs up just a little. Yeah, I bet so. Boy, that would be cool. I'll have to think about that. Well, it's a lot of fun, and it's a very well-run tournament, and just a great bunch of guys will be there. And most of them have been stoved up uh, all winter or all fall and hasn't been out much. So, you know, everybody's going to be flopping at the jaws, ready to get in that water. Ready to go, aren't they? Yeah, you bet. Well, listen, everybody, we want to thank Ron Presley for being on the show tonight. Uh, we enjoyed it very much. And for Chuck Davison, I'm Lyle Stokes. We'll see you next week on Catfish Weekly. <laughs>